Okay, thank you so thank you so much for joining us on the sports editor. It's really good to chat to you. Always appreciate your guys' time because I know you're busy and got lots to do. So thank you so much for your time, Kaka. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much for speaking to me. And yeah, it's an honor to speak to you. Cool, man. Kaka, first thing, um, I know that your brother gave you that name. But now, has he claimed any loyalties and thought, now you see, I've made you, I've made you successful? Nah, nah, he actually didn't. Yeah, I think when he was still so young that time that he actually, it was actually the first thing that came up into his mind. And yeah, ever since it stuck and yeah, I'm grateful for it. And yeah, it's something, something cool and something different there. Yeah, it's a lot of character. It's, it's awesome. It's absolutely unique. It's brilliant. <laughs> but Jorge, you know, going through your career, you, you've gone through the ranks promptly, you know, like under 19, under 21, and then obviously playing for South Africa. I mean, we're going to talk a bit more about playing South Africa a bit later. But has it been a pure element of, you know, you've just worked hard to get where you are right now? Yeah, definitely. I think um, any of those stuff don't come without hard work and sacrifices that you make throughout your career to, to become um, whatever you are today. Um, I think for me, it was since school, I decided like, this is what I want to do. And I don't want to waste my time and not giving it 100% rather than give it 100% and see, see what comes from it. If it doesn't work, then, then at least you know you gave it your all and it wasn't for you. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's been just a blessing just playing where I've been and tournaments that I've played in and teams that I've played with. So it's really good for me to, to sit here and just to reflect and say, I'm grateful and I'm really looking forward to what's still to come. Mm, mm, absolutely. Because in 2013, you got selected for the SA7s and also a great career there. I mean, you did so, so well for SA7 side. Was it something that you always aimed for to, to make that specifically the SA7s team? Yeah, I think um, when I was in high school, I started playing sevens, obviously, for high school. It actually only started in high school at that time. Right. to have like tournaments for the for the high school boys under 18 and stuff like that and i really enjoyed the sevens because it's it's something else and it puts you but in a, a bigger spotlight like it's only seven guys on the field then you got to do your job there's nobody to cover up and it's only 14 minutes so one mistake could literally cost you a game there's no time to to fix it actually so yeah i started there and then i obviously watched the sevens the blitzbox play and everything and at that time, Robert Everson were really playing well. And yeah, I looked up to him. And then after school, I got, or in Craven Week under 18, I got the opportunity by Maurice Schumann and Neil Powell to join the mm. Sevens Academy. And for me, that was just like a huge opportunity because you're 18 years old, turning 19 years old straight off the school, but you're into a international setup. Like, so there's, there's no room for error or anything. You need to work hard, otherwise you're not going to make it. And yeah. We worked hard for, for two years before becoming um, a Blitzbok, but playing all that warm-up tournaments and training with the, the big team, the Blitzbok team and everything, it's just made you mature so much quicker because you're already in an international setup, which was mm. really good. Do, do you feel there's a bit more pressure in, in terms of sevens to 15 men? Because you were saying that like, you've got less time, less players. You, you've got to execute the game plan almost perfectly every time. Is there a bit more pressure in that regard compared to 15 men? Yeah, definitely. I think you, you're much more exposed, especially in defense. I think attack any player can attack and run with the ball. I think defense is the main thing, especially mm. in sevens where it's really big spaces and then you get players that's running onto you like Fijians that's 
offloads or you get people that just so good at stepping. And I mean, that's even in training, it makes you such a better player because like you're training against players like for me now as a forward in the sevens, you're always training against players like Cheslin Corby and Justin Gedult and Sissel Africa. That's really good steppers and everything. You know? mm-hmm. I think that mentally makes you a better defender and it trains you to be a better defender because otherwise you're going to get exposed every time. Sure, sure, sure. So with the Swedes, your toughest opposition, Kwaka, those guys are, are big. I don't, I don't think we actually appreciate on TV how big they really are. Whether they're your toughest opponents, has to be. Yeah, right? definitely. Fiji is definitely one of the, the toughest opponents, just because their size and their abilities and their skill and everything. Mm-hmm. So then, how would you guys sort of, I don't know, handle that? Because you know they can move quick and, like you're saying, they can step. And obviously, we've got our own steppers, like you said, like Chester and Colby. But how yeah. did you handle that, that Fijian attack? Because, I mean, they were just brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think you guys won more than what they did there, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Coach Neil actually summed it up really well. Um, for us, it was always to, to just to play to our strengths and in defense to, to cut them down. Their offload game is a very fancy game. So, at some stage, if you catch the third guy that gets the offload, they're going to be isolated and then you can right. get a turnover and then... At that moment, obviously, you get the opportunity to attack again. And that was one of our stuff that we really worked hard on mm. is to cut the offloads off and to stop the offloads because that's the biggest factor in the game. They're good steppers and everything, but as soon as they step, there's always some guy catching up, but then they throw the offload, which is the problem. So sure. we really worked hard on that to, to close yeah. the offloads down and then obviously suffocate them like that and then attack when we get the opportunity. Yeah, so basically then I'd say then what I'm seeing is that you guys, your structure was really good. You just had a game plan and you're a lot more, I'd say, disciplined at that. Whereas that sort of yeah. made you waver and if they're feeling like they feel like playing, they'll do it. Whereas you guys, doesn't matter how you feel, you're going to stick to the game plan. That's it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Coach Neil had a thing that he said always was uh, in the box, out of the box. So it's a big box that's where the structure and everything and the game plan and everything. But you're allowed to, to express yourself within that and to play what you see in front of you. So mm. that was a really good system for, for any player to be in. And I think still for the players that's there now, it's awesome to grow in there and to play for him. Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, like I said, you've done very well because then from the sevens, you've gone to the, the 15 men. And what was sort of helped you make that change or why make that change? What was sort of thinking of, I want to get 15 men. Okay, geez, you got to play for South Africa. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, as a young player, like I say, it was a huge opportunity for me to play at the sevens, and I really loved it. But always, I always loved 15 men also. So I always get my foot in the door, and that's why I always did the six months, six months. So I was six months at the at the sevens, and then six months sure. at the Lions. So that's when I played like under 19 Lions and under 21 Lions. So that was always the goal for me to to not just choose one but to keep my feet in both. And I think the sevens grew me as a player a lot. And then I set, obviously set my goals. And one of the goals was obviously when we won the, after we won the Commonwealth Games, I just said like, after this became an Olympic sport, that's definitely one of my dreams and goals to, to go to the Olympics and compete. And um, I actually played, told Coach Neil before that, when, when I signed until 2016 after the Olympic Games, I told him like, this is what I want to do. This is my goal, my dreams. And after this, I actually want to give my other dreams also a shot. So after this, I'm going to 15 man. I'm going to play there and 
give it my all to become a Springbok. And if it doesn't work out, I'll always come back to Sevens and play there. And yeah, mm-hmm. now we are in a different place at this moment. So everything really worked out well for me. And yeah, um, I planned, yeah. Well, Kwaka, it did work out well for you. You won a Rugby World Cup. Not many guys can get to say that. So, you know, when, when the time came and they, they picked the squad and you realized, flip, this is actually happening. Um, I just think, again, it's a testament of stick to, to your dreams. You know, there, there's anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Was that something that sort of helped you or you were just mentally were so strong that you wanted to achieve this? And then you, you were in the moment and you just took it with both hands and there we go. Yeah, I think for me, uh, like you say, um, it was amazing and always for me was to to be ready whenever it comes because you don't know when it comes. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just yeah, so glad and so so happy to be in the team. Um, and I knew like no matter what the opportunity you get, you just got to make the most of what you get. And yeah, that's that's why I really loved it to go to the World Cup and just the experience to be with everyone mm-hmm. and play games. And obviously winning the World Cup is the cherry on the cake, but just being part of that team and the setup and just to learn from all the players that probably retired now um, are just awesome to, to hear from them and to be part of their last bit of their careers. Yeah, that's true. And Kaka, you, you've also played for the Barbarians, also a good thing, but it just seems if you look at it, you know, you've played for SA Sevens for the Springboks as well. Um, it seems like you've got a holistic international career. Are you happy with it or are you still feeling, nah, there's one or two more things I could still achieve? No, definitely. I think if you stop setting goals for yourself, uh, mm. I don't know what would happen. But yeah, for me, I've achieved a lot, but it's always, it's not about that. It's about like expressing my talent that that God gave to me. So that's what I want to do. And I want to inspire younger players and younger kids to, to actually believe in rugby and see that anything you work hard for and that you believe in is achievable. Um, so for me, yes, there's definitely uh, British and Irish Lions is, is next on the list. That's mm-hmm. I really want to play there and play for the Springboks in that. Uh, one of the last time when, when I watched this 12 years ago. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really special. I was still in high school. So yeah, yeah that's, that's one play, one uh, thing that I really want to compete in and, and play. And obviously there's another World Cup coming up in a few years' time. So True. that's also one of our goals, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that 2009 British and Irish Lions tour was bone-crunching. My word, that was. Yeah. Those guys got yeah, stuck in. So yeah. let's hope, because I don't like what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, Let's yeah, not jinx it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep quiet. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, that's good. Wow. So you also, I mean, for the next Rugby World Cup, that's brilliant. Quite. I'm glad to hear that. Um, because yeah. I think you're absolutely a diverse uh, flanker. You're brilliant at what you do. And I think you, you all do the dirty work, which is tough, but you do it. So it's excellent. Really, oh, really good. And if, so you touched a bit on, on the Lions there. Um, and you obviously, like you mentioned, you were hungry for success. Do you feel the Lions franchise also sort of fueled that fire and, and gave you that desire? Because you guys were so successful in your time there as well. Um, you won numerous awards there. guys won the Curry Cup. Brilliant time there. Did they feel your fire there, your desire to do well? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing for me. I started at the Lions at the, the young boy ages, uh, under 19, and started playing there and just saw, saw how the union has grown mm. as a company and as players has grown and come through the, the system. Um, and then when I got the opportunity to play Curry Cup, that was obviously one of the big goals for me also is to play Curry Cup. And yeah. Our first year we played, we lost in the 
in the final against the the Stormers mm. down at Midlands. We lost that game in the final. Um, and then the year after that, in 2015, was just, we have to win it. We can't just get to the final again. And won my first Curry Cup there, and that was really good. And then, obviously, back to the sevens. And then I missed one year because of the Olympics and everything. I missed one year mm-hmm. of 15 and rugby. And then after that, I went back. That year, they played in the final, um, obviously, against the Hurricanes. And when I got back, I really had to work hard to get into that team because, obviously, mm-hmm. they were... A really good team that played in the final all those players stayed over so I had to work hard to find a spot in that team and yeah with injuries and stuff I got my opportunity and actually played most of the games in 2017 so and then we also went to the final so yeah it's yeah it's It's been a huge part of my career being Mm. with the Lions and growing as a 50 man's player that's that's actually where I became a springbok through them and playing there so yeah it's definitely a massive thing in my career to be with them and what I've learned there. No, it's good. It's good. It's awesome. And it just seems like there's a nice family vibe there. One rightly, Whiteley, so he's done a great job with the guys as well. So it's, it's really, really good to see. But well, I can ask you a bit of a, a technical thing now, because we're talking about the Curry Cup and even watch rugby, you know, England and all of that. Um, these head clashes are getting really, really interesting. So yeah, if a player's running and he, he tackles a guy and he just happens to slip and he bumps the other player's head, the guy who slipped is more than likely going to get a yellow card because he's hit him on his head. Yeah. Um, are those precautions good or is it just being uh, overanalyzed? Are they taking it too seriously? Because I know there has been issues with guys getting dementia and things like that. Okay. Big issues in, in world rugby. Um, but in the same breath, accidents do happen. Um, I mean, do the coaches have to relook at your tackle technique now? Do you have to even lower it? But then the tackler might even get hits on the head with the, the guy's knee. Where do you, I don't know, what do you do as a player? I mean, you slip and you hit a guy on the head, you've slipped. It's, I don't know, what do you think, Quack? It's not your fault, actually. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's true. It's a really uh, difficult situation at this moment mm-hmm. because it's really, the refs are actually hammering on it so much. So it's, it's so technical at this moment. I just think for me as a player, it is to, to try not to put yourself in that situation because um, that's the only thing you can do. Like mm. sometimes it's going to happen and sometimes you slip or whatever or the player falls and you hit less. And if you don't do it on purpose, it's obviously an accident. So no one would think you're a dirty player or whatever. So, But I think it's it's really technical and it's, it's really difficult for because sometimes in this situation, it's impossible to get out of yeah. it. Um, so I, th- I think they really need to have a look into what what is actually happening, what happened before. Is it malicious or is it not? Because yeah. that that's the main thing. If it, if it's cynical, yeah, obviously, then it should be a red card. But if it's really something that was an accident, the guy slipped or both guys slipped and they hit clash or whatever, they should really consider oh, it was an accident. It's nothing. It's not a penalty or whatever, and just go on with the game. Yeah. But obviously, the player welfare is a big thing for World Rugby, and that's that's why they're implementing it. Um, so I just think, yeah, they really need to have a look in how they how they assist it and how they, they referee it, just to to make sure it doesn't get games to get up to ten players because there's maybe three yeah. or four eight knocks in a game, and all of a sudden there's three red cards. Because so I, mean, I think that's yeah. one thing they have to look on. Absolutely, because that can also be a serious game changer. You know, I mean, it happens. 
the guy's off for 10 minutes, it, it can literally swing the game. And he's saying, but ah, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm trying to play the devil advocate here, but I, I do understand what you're saying. Don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. You know, try and be technically correct as you can. Um, but it just seems like those upper tackles are going to be having any more. Everything's going to be around the waist now. That's it. They're going to avoid any sort of possible yellow cards and all because it's, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. It, it, can affect the game. Yeah, it is a contact sport. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it has in, injuries. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's so much stuff that it's also worse, like people break their necks and break their, their back or whatever in just a, a normal mall. So, you yeah, know true. what I mean? Also a chance yeah. of that. So it is a contact sport and everyone knows it when you sign up for it. <laughs> it comes with its liabilities and everything. Yeah. So, But I think they have a good point for the player welfare and everything. For the uh, definitely. Yeah, I just think they need to, to really assess and see how they're going to referee it to, to still make the game interesting and still make it rugby that's contact sport. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll, I'll have to get Dwayne Vermeulen on the show and ask him what his opinion is. He's all going to make that he's done. Yeah, it was funny. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, sure. Dwayne, look at that. Um, no, that's cool. That's cool. But how good is your Japanese, Kwaka? Oh, it's a difficult language. Eh? It's, <laughs> I've been here now. It's my third season. I can help myself, but it's really a difficult language. There's a few guys that's been here for five or six years and they actually talk Japanese and speak Japanese now fluently. But yeah, it's, it's something that definitely is going to take time to get used to and to learn. Um, but I must say they are really good people, the Japanese. So mm. they're always helpful. And so, so it's not that difficult with the language better. Yeah. Must be nice always experiencing a new culture. I know I've chatted to a few guys on the show who have played rugby in Japan, but it's always nice and hearing a different perspective. And the culture must be nice and it must give you a fresh look on, on, on the life and, and a different perception of Japan. Yeah, definitely. I think the people, like I say, they're so generous here and mm. it's something else getting here and it's really so safe and just something else that we're not, not used to in our everyday life. And they do everything by the book, no matter what they say. Yeah. Sure. Also the rugby, like I got a, just Japanese coaches, so... That's also a different experience to get coached by the Japanese and to know how they think in the rugby and how they want to achieve what they want to achieve. So it's really good for me just to experience all of that. So yeah, it's mm. it's awesome being here. It's a really great country and yeah, it's the people are so good and yeah, respectful. So that's really cool. No, excellent. Could you add Yamaha Jobilo? Have I pronounced that correctly? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Oh, good. Just let us know. So where are you based and how has the, the league been going? Yeah, we're based basically in the middle between Osaka and Tokyo in a small town called Iwata. Okay. So the Yamaha factory is actually, yeah, that produce every, all the Yamaha stuff is in the town. So wow. it's a really small town, but it's really nice. It's more than what you need. And I really like it. It's more like, yeah, Platteland. So it's really good for me <laughs> to be here, to be in the countryside. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Like for me also to go to friends, it only takes me an hour and a half and I'm in Tokyo and I can see all the boys there in the same yeah. to Osaka. So, yeah. so that makes it really easy being here. Um, we're a really good, good team and really good Japanese players with us that really perform well. And that's really good for me. All three seasons that we've played, we've really done well. 
last year obviously the season got cancelled due to COVID but mm. yeah we're looking forward to the season coming and starting in a week's time so okay. really looking forward to that we actually play in Kobe the winners of the last last season when it was the full season nice. we're playing yeah. against them so yeah I'm really cool. looking forward to that yeah mm. that's a what a way to start the season that's excellent that's brilliant okay. Um, there's also another fellow South African there, Josh Thunder. Um, do you give him a hard time at all? Yeah, when we play against him, we'll definitely give each other a hard time. He's a good player. Yeah. yeah, I actually went up. So when we have off weekends during the preseason, because there's not much like on weekends going on, so we normally try to get a few South African boys together and do something or have a braai or something at one guy's house. And then, yeah, so I saw him a few times, so that's good. That's nice, that's nice, that's good. And then when the, sorry, during the season, um, is there also like a, a, a league cup, for example, like a curry cup, is there like a super rugby competition that happens in Japan or is it strictly just the league? No, so it's the top league. Um, this year is a bit different. So there's two sections actually. So it would be the, the first section is it's seven games. So it's basically two pools that play, play um, each other. And then, all the B division teams also play against each other and the top three, four of those teams would come into a, a stage where we play each other after March. So the first section will end in March and then we'll play the next section where it's actually just points difference and we would go into semi-final and final. So it actually gives the, the other teams that are in the B division that's really competitive also a chance to, to get into top league. So the, next, the second section would be all those teams also in the, the top four of the, the league and everyone would play each other in, a, in four pool, three pools, I think, like a World Cup, and then it would go to semi-final, yeah. Mm. So that, that's going to be interesting. Is it quite a, a free-flowing game in Japan, quite different to South Africa? Are you enjoying how the game flows there? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the game are really quick quick in Japan, okay. I must say. like It's really, really quick and... Just with all the, the players being in Japan at this moment, it's really physical also. I mean, you play against some packs and they put five foreigners in the forwards. And then it's, yeah, it's something else. You Like sometimes I'm the only foreigner in the forward pack. So that, then it's really tough and it's really hard games. But I must say, it's really competitive. Like all the cap players that are in Japan are really good. I mean, Bowden Barrett's here, Brody Retallick's here. All, the, all those players, Kieran Reed, Michael Hooper. So it's really, it's massive names that are here that you're playing against. So you're still not playing super rugby, but you're still measuring yourself against yeah. some of the best in the world. So that's really, really good for me. And also, like I say, to play with the Japanese is also something else just to understand their mm. mindset in, in, in rugby, how hard they work. I must say, they're one of the, the nations that I've known just train the hardest. They, they really, really work hard. They believe in the harder you train, the better you play. So mm -hmm. they really work hard in training. We sometimes, for me as a South African, you feel like, oh, these people are crazy. They just <laughs> don't want to stop. They just want to train all day. So, yeah, but it's also a good thing. You, you'll definitely be strong and fit and really get your reps and your training in here because they really ain't all about that. Just making sure you do your training every day. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, playing flank, who's giving you the hardest time when you, you're defending? Just say we're on the scrum there and you're defending. Who's giving you the hardest time, especially from a background player point of view? Oh. Do you have to go down and shut number 10 quite quickly or what's your sort of 
Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. For me, is to obviously you got to check after the nine first if he's, he's breaking or the opposite eight breaking. Um, so that's one of the things, especially if there's a nine that's really quick off the base. That's that's one thing that's really difficult to defend if if the nine is really quick. So I think that is one thing that you like for me to make sure that I'm always out first to make sure I make the tackle and then. As soon as I get up and the ball is passed to number 10, it's for me to cover the, my, my tents inside. Sure. So, yeah, and, and then it's always this always opportunity then if there's a leg tackle maybe to get a turnover. So, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I like that really a lot. Yeah, yeah so you're ready to pounce, Kwaka. That's brilliant. Kwaka, <laughs> <laughs> when this season is finished in Japan, are you going to look to come back to South Africa or are you just going to take some time off and then look to the next season? What are your, sort of your movements there? Oh, with the COVID now, we don't know what's going on. But That's hopefully, if everything goes to according to plan. For me, is to finish up here, and then obviously, if I'm in the squad for the spring of the British and Irish Lions, I'll go straight back and start training with them, and hopefully play there. And after that, I think we're already are talking about a tour to New Zealand to play right. them. And after that, it's the end of year tour, so I'll probably be. Not in South Africa, but with the Springbok still. Yes. Then end of year tour, and then when that finishes, I'll probably come back and play the next top league in Japan. We're still waiting to hear when's that going to be, but yeah. yeah, like I say, everything's so uncertain at this moment. I'm actually not planning for it. I'm just planning and hoping that everything goes according to plan. Yeah, yeah this is true. We have to literally take it day by day. So yeah, yeah really game by game, we just hope we play as much games as we want because. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing this year, like the 2020 that's been passed, it's the least rugby that I've ever played in my oh, life. Wow. So, yeah. We actually played those few games in the start with Top League. We played four, five games. Then it got cancelled due to COVID. Then we had the long lockdown back home in South Africa. Luckily, I was there for that five months and then came back. We now pre season, we played like I played three games. So, okay. actually, for me to play seven games in one year, that's nothing. That's nothing. My previous years in my career. <laughs> my word, <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, suck it. But I hope you've had some time to do your, your hobby. How's the off road race going? Racing going? Yeah, no, definitely. For me, it was, yeah, it was actually a blessing in disguise to, to be back home. For that time, and I literally had five months at home, just staying on the farm and working on the farm, doing all my stuff that I wanted to do, and I never get time to do because we're so busy in rugby. So yeah, it's, it was awesome for me, with my wife and my family, just to spend time together. That you like for me, my previous six, seven years in the career, I never had time like that back home. I think yeah, true. A lot of I had off actually before this five months was one month. Before that, that, that was the longest that I had off was a month. So for me to have five months at home was just amazing. Right, excellent, excellent. Kwaka, um, you've obviously, like we've said before, you played sevens, you played the Springboks, etc., etc. You've seen a lot of the world. There has to be one or two stadiums where you just walk in there and you feel, wow, this is fantastic. Uh, it's nice to hear the different views of the guys. Which stadium that you played in and you thought, wow, this atmosphere is just incredible. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stadiums that's really brilliant. Cape Town is really, Greenpoint is really good with the sevens. When you when you play there, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing because they fill it up. And 
I think also because it's all South African fans. So that's, yeah, it's really brilliant. So it's really nice to play there. And then obviously Alice Park also with Curry Cup finals and even the Super Rugby final that we played there was just, yeah, amazing atmosphere. And then overseas, I would say when I played for the Barbarians against New Zealand at Twickenham, that was really yeah amazing. It was, yeah, jam-packed Twickenham. And yeah, we really played a good game against the All Blacks. So that was really one of the greatest moments here in stadiums that I've played in, yeah. Nah, excellent, excellent. Kwahana, as we sort of draw to an end, um, just in terms of our conversation, I think the best way to sum you up is that you're just a person who works hard with no fear. Is, is that a fair assumption? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, as not being the, the biggest guy, as I was growing up, also playing rugby in high school and stuff was always work hard to work harder than the other players and yeah like you said to don't have a fear for anything and yeah just give it all because that's that's the only thing you can do and just to use your talents and use your abilities because sometimes it's better to be a bit lighter and be a bit shorter or smaller than the other guys because there's obviously advantages to it same as them having advantages but just to to use it to your maximum what you have mm. but a lot of determination and really hope to see you put on the green and gold again soon it'll be fantastic and it's hope that no, this thank you very much, yeah. really, really well no thanks thanks for the talk yeah, it was great um yeah thanks for everything yeah hopefully everything goes according yeah. to plan as as it planned for the british and irish lions and mm. i'll be back in south africa and hopefully get a shot at that and give it my all no excellent Quacha. you're an absolute legend thank you so much no thank you very much sir. Yeah. Is, bye bye.